There is a tendency. I have noted it within myself. To focus on what is lacking rather than what is abundant. To focus on where I could be, not where I am. To focus on what is not happening rather than what is. This has only been exacerbated for many of us during this pandemic. There is so much we have not been able to do. There is so much that we used to do that cries out for our attention. There is so much that has fallen through the cracks due to necessary isolation, online fatigue, stress, grief, loss, and disruption to the way things were. Some people have wisely stepped back from responsibilities as normal day-to-day -day life requires focus and strategizing in ways it never has before in our lifetimes. Many are reordering priorities to fit this new reality. As we shift and recalibrate and adjust and pivot to meet the goals we have set for ourselves, it is easy to concentrate on the lack, the goal we have not reached, the things we did not do. Maybe you have guessed that what comes to mind for me is related to congregational life. There are positions, both volunteer and staff, that are vacant. There are programs, wonderful programs in their own right, that have not been active. There are tasks, many worthy and helpful tasks, that have not been carried out in the timely manner that we may have wished. How's this so far for an inspiring service? <laughs> now, part of this is communication. We have not yet discovered a really robust and effective way to let people know the opportunities they have to serve the congregation and the wider community. Part of this is structure, inviting people to take on discrete, time-limited tasks is quite possibly more attractive and enticing than an invitation to, say, join a committee. It is helpful to clarify what needs doing and why, rather than to say we need to fill this position, fill this hole, fill this blank space on our organizational chart. And part of this is that unfortunate tendency with which I began this sermon to focus on what is lacking rather than what is abundant. To focus on where I could be, not where I am. To focus on what is not happening rather than what is. People. I have found myself included. People are, curiously enough, not inspired nor motivated by hearing what is not being done. We tend to be more inspired to participate in what is happening. And today, I bring you good tidings of great joy. There are things happening. This congregation has taken this challenging opportunity of the pandemic to widen our circle of concern, to connect, 
with the wider community. Did you know, for example, about the We Care food share? The rear of our social hall now houses a freezer and shelves full of food from our congregation's partnership with the San Luis Obispo Food Bank. Each Wednesday, new deliveries of food arrive and volunteers come in the afternoon to set up tables in our labyrinth and provide food to shoppers, patrons between 3 and 4.30. There is now a little free pantry on one of the islands in our parking lot, and volunteers stock that as well as providing food to other little free pantries, to the Los Osos meal program, to the Prado shelter, and providing no-cook bags to shower the people, which sets up in our parking lot on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Distributing between 600 and 1,200 pounds of food per week and serving approximately 300 people a month. Volunteers are welcome. Oh, and I mentioned Shower the People. Shower the People has a mobile shower unit which brings hot showers to those who do not have access to showers in San Luis Obispo County. We offered our parking lot to host this service on Tuesdays not too long before the pandemic began, and this schedule has since expanded to Tuesdays and Thursdays, providing 20 to 26 showers per day, with 1,869 showers given at our location this past year. Now, this is not a congregational program, though this organization is led by a member of our congregation who was initially inspired by seeing a mobile shower program demonstrated at a Unitarian Universalist gathering at the Unitarian Society of Santa Barbara. And members of our congregation volunteer every week, cleaning showers and welcoming guests. Some of these folks that are served by Shower the People and the We Care Food Share. Again, volunteers welcome. Feel free to check our website for how to connect, but if you have any trouble, you can contact me, and I will put you in touch with the people, um, with the necessary folks. But some of these folks that are served by Shower the People and We Care Food Share have also been assisted through our minister's discretionary fund. This is another of the ways in which consistently and compassionately over these many years, you all have widened the circle of concern. It is used to provide direct assistance to individuals in need within and outside the congregation in accordance with the mission of the congregation. Distributions from the fund have gone to help with vehicle, registration, repair, payments, impound fees, and remember these vehicles often serve as housing also. Storage fees to protect property from seizure and sale. Travel for health care, phones and phone service, supplies for living outdoors. We have provided over $6,800 in assistance just in this 
calendar year. That is since the beginning of last month. I remind the people we are able to help that this assistance is made possible through the generosity of people in this congregation who may not know them and yet hold them as precious and worthy individuals. And this fund has become known and is unfortunately unique in this area such that people are now sometimes referred by social workers, shelters, and other community service workers. We can only hope that it may catch on among other religious communities or organizations while also calling us to explore the reasons that so many people find themselves in need and to work for economic justice and the greater good in policy and legislation. It is an honor to be an agent of your generosity both within the congregation and in the wider community through your support of this fund. And it makes a difference to these individuals. And especially all throughout this time when more and more people found themselves on or falling over the financial edge. These are just a few of the ways this congregation has remained active throughout the pandemic, and we continue to explore those possibilities. And of course, the, the um, offering, the co uh, community outreach offering has continued all throughout this time. Tell me, have you heard about justice portals? If not, be sure and search for your weekly news in your email later today. Since 2007, you rise that is, the Unitarian Universalist Refugee and Immigrant Services and Education has offered direct legal services to immigrants and refugees in the United States, particularly to those who have few resources to obtain legal assistance. You may remember that U-RISE was chosen as the recipient for the Pacific Western Region Assembly's Sunday offering on February 13th with the um, service that we broadcast. Thank you if you made a donation. And did you know if you made a donation that you were also helping this congregation? Our congregation was selected by you rise as the first pilot congregation to partner with for what will be called Justice Portals. Justice portals are designed to provide legal services for immigrants in areas with limited access to qualified, ethical, and affordable legal services. Immigrants can get answers to questions such as, do I qualify for a green card? How do I get a work permit? Um, and can I renew my DACA certification? How do I apply for citizenship? During covid you rise realized how easy it was to offer virtual consultation appointments. They are ready to expand their help to communities like ours, areas with lots of immigrants but not a lot of legal support. They chose us to partner with not only because we need these services 
in San Luis Obispo County, but because we have accountable partnerships already established through the good work of members of this congregation with local immigrant organizations and communities. Immigrants will be able to make appointments with URISE attorneys and meet virtually from their homes or from this location if they need access to Wi-Fi. Now, we're not yet sure what this will all look like, but we hope to offer space here maybe once a week for people to access Wi-Fi, printers, scanners, and space for confidential conversations. And volunteers are welcome. Stay tuned as we get closer to implementation. Now, these are just a few of the ways we continue to widen our circle of concern through our financial contributions, the use of our facility, the use of our property supported by people coming together in compassion and commitment. Now, I understand what is meant when people ask about when we will reopen. But if you notice me shiver just a little at the question, it is only because this congregation never closed. We continued to have services. We continued to connect with one another. We have connected with a small group of young adults at Cal Poly. We have engaged work on the eighth principle and the work of the Article II Commission exploring possible changes to the document that includes our principles and sources. We continued to pursue our mission of deepening connections by nurturing spiritual growth, practicing justice, and inspiring joy. So yes, we will reopen the sanctuary to the whole congregation for worship beginning March 6th, but that is simply another transition that we are engaging in the ongoing life of the community. We not only have been open, but have opened up in ways we may not have considered before the pandemic when it seemed like the congregation itself filled the facility and property with our activities. Now when we think of ways we can use our space, we are thinking of a wider we, which in addition to pursuing our mission is a lot of fun to say. A wider we. May we carry forth this wider we into whatever comes next. May we find exciting ways to follow and support the compassionate energy of members and friends rather than court discouragement by focusing on the unfilled positions and the undone tasks and the holes in the systems and programs that may or may not be relevant in the coming age. And as we continue to explore the question of how a congregation can be uniquely effective, in working toward beloved community and collective liberation. As we pose the question, how can we help? May we also embrace the reality that Ram Das writes about. Knowing that each time we seek to respond to appeals for help, we are being shown where we must grow in our sense of unity and what inner resources we can call upon to do so. 
We are constantly given the chance to experience the inherent generosity of our hearts. Each time this happens, our faith in that part of ourselves, which is intimately related to the rest of the universe, is strengthened. On the path of service, then, we are constantly given feedback which helps us along the great journey of awakening. And so, he writes, at a certain point, helper and helped simply begin to dissolve. What's real is the helping, the process in which we're all blessed according to our needs and our place at the moment, how much we can get back in giving, how much we can offer in the way we receive. And may we remember that whatever new forms and activities and practices we will discover as we move forward, some things remain true. We belong to the love. And love will guide us.